to episode number 15 of Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. Today's topic is eight habits that can destroy your relationship. We're continuing on with our relationship mini series. And today's topic is, again, very valuable because most of us know, most of us focus on what will help our relationships thrive. But rarely do we think about what are we doing that's actually not working. And these eight habits that I have shared with you in today's episode comes from research that I've done and also working with with clients, with couples and helping them transform. And these are some of the habits that I notice as a pattern that would often come up. Today's episode is also very special because it's part of the relationship training series I'm doing, which is absolutely free. It is happening in a pop-up Facebook group that's only going to be open for the duration of this training. And this episode was a live I did as part of a pre-training. And instead of re-recording the whole thing, I just decided to give you the audio version of that recording. It is really, really valuable because you will see a few different things as you listen to this episode. You're going to hear the breakthroughs that people are having as I'm talking about it because I'm commenting on their comments. I'm only mentioning first names, so no privacy is violated. And you will see the breakthroughs that people are having. There's such a power in community. There's such a... There's so much, so much can happen when we see, when we support each other, when we help each other rise up. And that's what a community does. So being a part of that Facebook group is going to give you access to that. Again, this training is absolutely free. Join it. It's in the show notes, how to join this, this bootcamp that I'm doing, relationship training bootcamp that's happening right now as you hear this episode. Not only that, here's the best part. You get to download the eight habits that I'm talking about today. It's in a PDF form. You get to download and it is, it's really valuable to see it in, in writing. There's something about seeing it visually that makes, a, that makes really helps it come to life, what these eight habits can do. And I, I'm so, I'm so honored with all the engagement that's happening in the group, because what it tells me is that people want to create change in their life and being a part of that transformation has always been so dear to my heart. That's my dharma. That's my life purpose of helping people transform and come to their true essence. And there's no better thing to help people transform than transform in their relationships because you know what it does? It does two things. It helps you transform your relationship with yourself. That's the primary relationship for that's the primary relationship we can ever have. We, I'm digressing, but I really want to say this. We come to this world alone and we leave alone. And the more you can form a relationship with yourself, a loving, kind relationship with yourself, the more your life will be vibrant and rich. And when we start to transform our, our intimate relationships in our life, it also helps transform us because we have to grow. Without us growing, our partnerships are not going to grow. And that's what these, these uh, training series will help reveal for you. So without any further ado, I'm going to share with you the eight habits that can destroy your relationship. 
listen to it, listen to the energy behind it, share your breakthroughs via your social media channels. And more, most, most importantly, please join the, the relationship training series. It's free. It's in a Facebook group. You need to join the Facebook group in order to have access to all these videos and live training. All right, my friend, take a good, you know, just be in the content and share with me whenever you have a chance. All right. Good morning, friends. Happy Sunday. So welcome to our another pre-training video and welcome to our boot camp. So as we, as I'm waiting for people to join in, I, did you see all the breakthroughs people are already having in the pre-training video from yesterday about being selfish will cause your relationship to thrive? It's such a radical concept, isn't it? And yet it's so darn powerful when you start taking care of yourself. So today's topic is about eight habits that can destroy your relationship. Just as we need to know what are the habits that will help our relationship, we also need to know what habits to avoid. So that's what I'm going to be covering. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lisa. So, but we, let me just start with, hi, Ashwini. So we're going to start tomorrow. It's still time to bring your friends. So bring in, ask you, give, give your friends this link and have them join the group. Because when you do it with a buddy, isn't it? more fun to kind of support each other through this process. Relationships are very vulnerable topics and it's very hard. Like we normally don't talk about our intimate relationships with with one another. And so this is such a good opportunity to do this with a buddy. So let me give you, a lot of people are asking about the timing and the and all the information about the training series starting tomorrow. And that tells me that you're very eager to get started, which I love, I love, I love. So this is what's going to be happening. Starting tomorrow for the next 12 days, you will receive a video in this group at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know we have people from all over the world. So 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a video will be released. I'm inviting you to watch the video at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I will go live in here and answer questions that I'm inviting you to post in that thread only because then I can answer questions from 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 that video series and not only that you'll also be getting um so the training the five skills that are going to be learning will start on Thursday but there's a lot of pre-stuff as you can tell right like we're doing a lot of pre-stuff to get you prepped up to learn about those skills and so that's what's going to be happening for the next three days and then Thursday onwards we'll start the five skill training those days you will receive pdf participate, participate, participate. The more you participate, the more you will get benefit from this. As you, as I mentioned yesterday, a lot of my clients, I get them results because they put in the work. I agree. So everybody who puts in the work will see results, but it's up to you to put in the work. All right. So today's topic, eight habits that, dis that can destroy your relationship. 
This is a longer topic, guys. So I, it's going to be a longer video. And there's a reason for that because there are, these are things that I've researched. And not only have I done the research myself, these are research done by researchers in the marriage, in the, in the, in the community of, um, of couples work. So there's a lot of information. I want to provide that to you. Hi, Jamuna. Hi, Jirina. All right. So what I, what I want to also start by saying is that. I notice in my 20 years of working with helping people transform their, their lives and their relationships, I notice that there are certain patterns in communication, in, in why communication starts to break down in an intimate relationship. And I'm going to be sharing a mind map of these eight habits that is vital that you start avoiding in your relationship. And if your partner is doing that, I'm going to be sharing ideas on how you can work with that. So that's going to be uploaded after this video is done, the PDF for that mind map. So you can, you can have a visual as well, because I know some people are more visual. So you see, and I'm going to invite you to bring a notebook and start making notes because these are, there's a lot of information I'm giving, I'm giving you. So it's easier if you start taking notes on that. Hi, Ru hi, Ruby. So here's the thing. I also noticed that these patterns became habits. The patterns that, uh, that caused the a breakdown in communication and caused the breakdown in connection in a relationship were more started to become habits. And these habits came from beliefs that people held. And these beliefs where things, beliefs are nothing but stories that we have told ourselves or people have told us from our life prior in either other relationships or in your relationship with your family of origin. And it also was connected to environmental cues. I'm going to elaborate on all of these things. Environmental cues are nothing but you know, like say, say you've had a bad experience at a certain location somewhere. So you went on vacation and then you had a really bad experience. The next time you think about that location, you're going to be flooded with memories of how bad that experience was. So you'd be like, I'm not going there. That's what I mean by environmental cues. So the breakdown in patterns started to happen because A, it is connected to beliefs it's triggering something within you. And secondly, it is environmental cues. It's, it's triggering like something your partner does. And I'll elaborate as we go along, it'll be very easy to follow. It'll, it'll start to make sense for you. So you'll start to see like environmental cues and, have, and, and beliefs play a huge role in that. So we're going to cover eight destructive habits, why we do them in today's live and how to work with it. Now, you might have read and learned or, you know, read in blogs or done, you know, read articles or in books about these habits. But the way I'm going to share with you is, is different. It brings in a different perspective. And I'm going in depth. I'm going in depth in ways that can that can it'll start to make more sense. By the way, guys, I keep forgetting to introduce myself. I know so many of you are new to me and I keep forgetting to introduce myself. I'm Padma Ali. I'm an energy alignment coach. I've trained in, in couples therapy for 20 plus years. Relationships is my jam. I'm really, I can, I can do relationship work in my sleep. It's so, it's so near and dear to my heart because when your relationship is solid, everything else feels easy to manage, isn't it? And I bring in I bring in a very unique combination. What I do is I bring in neuropsychology, which is my training and background, but I also bring in energy, 
energy work, energy redesign. And then basically it's a clearing energetic patterns that come up with these beliefs. And then also using your inner wisdom that is that helps you integrate all of these things to take aligned actions. And when we take aligned actions, we get powerful results, don't we? So, the, and, and I've created a new, a very unique methodology called the New You Blueprint, which encompasses all of these things. All right, there, I introduced myself. <laughs> Um, hi, Prisma. So there's a ton of value in what I'm going to share today. So please watch till the end and take notes. It's going to make such a big difference for you when you start to see this in paper or in your computer, however you do it. And I know, again, that some of you are in relationships and some of you are looking for relationships. Some of you are not in relationships. So wherever you are, you can start to apply this. You can start to put yourself in either the shoes of, oh, I did this in my past relationship or this happened. And how can I do this differently? Or you can start to just see how you can start to when you, the people who are not in relationships, you actually have an advantage. The advantage is that you have all these skills. So when you get into a relationship, you can start to apply them right away rather than wait till it starts to get to a place where you need help. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's dive right in. Habit number one, questioning your, your partner's love and commitment Questioning your partner's love and commitment is habit number one. Avoid that. Have you noticed that when you question your partner's love and commitment to you, it's nothing but insecurity? And have you seen that insecurity is a very unattractive thing in a relationship, isn't it? Now, again, you know, when you're insecure, you're worrying about your partner's love for you. It's not really you. It is something that comes from beliefs that we carry about ourselves. Yesterday, I touched on self-worth. It is very, very much connected with self-worth. It is about your partner, but it's not really about your partner. And you will see that eventually it all comes down to self-worth and self-love. And our self-talk to ourselves is vital. Like watch what you're saying to yourself because that that will that that shows you what your beliefs are. And when you become aware of it, you can start to change that. And that's why it's one of my core pillars, uncovering old beliefs and patterns that are not serving you anymore. And that pillar of that's the that's one of the core pillars of how I do this work. And what I want you to really start to ponder upon is how your thoughts become reality. Let me explain. When you put on the lens of questioning your partner's love or commitment to you, can you see how anything that they do, you're going to connect it to that? You're going to connect it to, oh, you know, she did that or he did that. And that's then they're doing it because they really don't love me. They really don't care about me. You know, I, I was just working with a client a few few weeks ago on this this particular particular issue, and it, it, the way he he would even look at her or talk to her, it would trigger her because she's like, "Oh, he doesn't care about me. He, if he cared about me, then he wouldn't he wouldn't um, he he wouldn't pull away from me, or he would not talk to me, or he would not speak to me this way." Everything connected back to this because she was questioning the love, and that is very detrimental because the more we look for something, the more we find it. Hi, Melanie. 
So guys, like if you if this is making sense, please like share with me, put some hearts, drop drop some things in the comment. And I'd love to hear like what exactly is resonating and what isn't. You know, see, our brain is, is it's, this is how our brain is wired. It starts to look for familiar things. If your brain thinks you're not loved, it's going to look for that in your partner. Oh, he doesn't love me. She doesn't love me. That's why they're doing this. And, you know, it's the same way. Have you, have you seen this? Let me give you a very different example. If you have a particular type of model of car, say you have a Honda, you're going to start to see a Honda pretty much you're going to start noticing Hondas around you. It's called brain patterning. Like that's what the brain does. The brain looks for familiar things. So again, if your brain is saying you're not loved, it's going to start looking for that. So can you see how powerful this is to notice like, oh, you know, if I start questioning, that's exactly what's going to happen. So where will you be if you stopped questioning your partner's love for you? What would happen if you started to do that? Yeah, so it's resonating for you, huh, Jamuna? That's great. Let's go on to habit number two. Okay, you ready? It's wanting to be right. You know, being right has nothing to do with being right. <laughs> Let me explain. I know it sounds kind of weird and convoluted. So it's, it's never about being right. Being right have you heard this thing? You can either be right or be in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much summarizes that. Thank you, Melanie. I'm very excited to have you here as well. So have you seen that this in your relationship, right? Like it's not about being right. It's about being heard. Why do we get triggered when our partners don't, don't, when, when you're trying to, when you have an argument and your partner's not hearing you, why do we get triggered? It's not about being right. It's about being heard. Your partner is not able to hear or you perceive that your partner is not able to hear you. So you get triggered. Take that in for a moment, right? Take that in. It's about being heard. You keep pushing your point across because you're like, I want just, I want to be heard. Please hear me. You know, she, one of the couples I used to work with a long time ago, she would say things like she admitted this about herself. She's like, I'm so stubborn. Like, I just, I just want my way. And, you know, this, and, and it's not about being stubborn. It's not about wanting my way. What we uncovered was it was about being heard and understood. She grew up in a household where she was not heard when she was not understood. And so she had to, to, to explain her point of view. She had to, really like get her, she had to force her way in. So she learned to be stubborn. She learned to kind of like be stuck in her ways because she thought that's the only way that people would hear her. And that's not true. And what we did was we really looked at why she was controlling her environment in that way. And then also clearing the energetic imprints from her childhood that was interfering with her life, current life with her partner. So can you you know, and, and then she could express her needs in a different way. Now, being does that make sense? Hit the chat box. Let me know. Like, it's not about being right. It's about being heard. I love that, Lisa. Do you want to be right? Do you want to do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Absolutely. I think you're, you're you hit the nail on the head. Yes. Habit number three. <laughs> this is this is so key, guys. We all do this not we all, many people do this, threatening to leave or ask for a divorce during an argument. <laughs> yeah. You know, you may or may not have realized that when you're in an argument, 
a reptilian brain, our amygdala, which is the reptilian brain, which goes, which is a survival brain, kicks into high gear. It goes chop, chop. It's danger time. We need to either, you have, you've heard of the term fight or flight. It's exactly what happens. The brain perceives an argument as a threat. In that moment, it is a threat to that, to, to you. Because an argument, this, this will make so much sense when I put it this way. An argument, what happens in an argument? And in an argument, there is disconnect, right? Disconnect means not feeling love. Our brain, as I'm going to explain in further in the further further down in today's live, our brain wants our, our our entire being is about getting love. We want to be love. We want to feel love. And in an argument, there is no love. It is a threat to the reptilian part of your brain. It literally is like it, I'm going to die in this moment. That is why we have that reaction. The fight or flight reaction and this in this threatening to leave is nothing but a flight reaction. I'm saying this to take you away from like feeling like, oh my God, like I do this. This is wrong. It's not about being wrong. It's about knowing that this is how your brain operates. You have to learn to separate your brain from your mind. Your brain goes, danger, get out of here. The mind is not that. The mind is beyond that. I'm going to come back to that later. So instead, breathe, ask yourself, what is this about? Why am I feeling so triggered? Come back to your partner and talk about it when you're in a calmer state. And, you know, some people do the flight response where they want to run away. And does it resonate? Like, give some hearts if it resonates. And, or, and other people do the, um, the fight response, which is what we're going to cover in the next habit. Yeah, Sarah, you know, like, yes, of course, right? Like it's, but it's also detrimental to the partner because they're like, oh, you, you want to like, you know, leave right now, like an, an abandonment gets kicked in, kicks in, right? For a lot of people, whether it's on the receiving end or in the other end, abandonment stuff kicks in. And it's, it's, it, it really creates a lot of tension inside. So just awareness with that will help you see, okay, it's my brain talking. I don't need to do this. This is just my brain going into, into fear, more, fear mode. All right, guys, let's go on to habit number four. Yeah, so yes, Gemini is saying I push off for a drive by myself. Yes, you can do that, but make sure that it's it's coming from a place like you're, you're wanting to protect yourself. Even So here's the thing, right? Let me, that, I'm so glad you brought that up, Gemini, because it, it's so helpful to take a break in that moment. But here's what my invitation to you all is to tell your partner, I'm getting triggered. I can't have this conversation right now. I'm going to take off. I'm going to come back and talk to you at this time and keep your word, keep your word. <laughs> Otherwise you will break trust right? So that's as simple as that. Sometimes you do have to take a break because your argument is like you're just spiraling downwards for no reason. So it helps to just say, I'm taking a break. I will come back. I promise you, I love you. I'll come back and talk to you and we will resolve this at 8 p.m., 10 p.m., whatever that is, okay? So when you do that, it really says, okay, we'll still have this conversation, but at a different time. In in our, my relationship with my with my husband, like I am the one who will keep pushing, and he's the one who pulls back and wants a break, and it would trigger me. And so this is the agreement we came on that even if he wanted a break, which is absolutely needed and necessary, he would just tell me, 
I need a break. And that was enough for me. That's all I needed to know. Instead of feeling like I was being abandoned and I was left aside and all those things. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Kids are so perceptive, right? Like they don't understand. They don't understand the Sarah saying that some, some of the, her kids have asked if we're going to get a, get a divorce and that they just see what is. And then they just assume they make interpretations of what's going on. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you guys for sharing this because the more you share, right, the more you can apply this to your own life and it'll make a lot of sense. And this brings us to habit number four, which is having angry outbursts. So here's the thing, right? We all know how destructive anger is. It's literally like fire. It will burn everything down in the vicinity. But have you ever wondered why we actually get angry? Have you ever thought about it? Like what, what brings up that feeling of anger? And when I say this, it'll be so, it'll be like, of course, it, this makes perfect sense. It's because a need is not met. There's an unmet need behind anger. Anger is a facade. Anger is a protective shield. Underneath anger is a need that hasn't been met you know, let me let me let me give you an example. Um, one of my clients, she had a, she had this this funny habit of like she didn't like water on the counter. You know, like when you wash dishes and the water splashes on the counter around the sink, she just could not tolerate that for some reason. There was more to it, the story. I'm not going to go into that, but it would really bother her. And her partner would often do that. Like, you know, her partner, it, it was a, it was a same sex relationship. So her partner would just drop water everywhere. And like, she wouldn't clean up after herself. And this would trigger my client, drove her insane. And she would like tolerate it, tolerate it. And then she'd have this big angry outburst. And how likely is our partner to respond in a positive way saying, okay, I'm not going to do that again. So here's the thing. Her partner had no, it was not, it didn't bother her partner. So she would just, it, it wasn't in her radar. She would just not think about it. She was just, you know, she was a very, she was, her partner was a professor. So she was literally like this absent-minded professor. Like she would just be thinking in her own world. Would She wouldn't notice it was not done intentionally. But for my partner, for, for my, um, for my client, it was a huge trigger. And again, when we dug deeper, what came out was this underlying belief that her needs didn't matter. What she asked for didn't matter. So her interpretation of what her partner was doing was, I'm not important for you because if I was important for you, you would not do what you're doing. Do you see that has nothing to do with anger? It has everything to do with this need of like, ah, I want to know I'm, 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 I'm understood, like I matter to you. Now, that said, I do want to put a caveat. If you have an angry partner or if you are the one who gets angry, it's not something you need to put up with. It's not something you need to be like, oh, they're doing that. You don't have to get, um, you don't have to coddle that behavior, but it's you can set boundaries around it. But realizing that it's your partner's not doing it intentionally to hurt you just because they want to get back at you or something like that. It takes the pressure off of this whole thing, right? It makes you, it doesn't feel like they're doing it. We only get triggered when we feel like it's being done intentionally. You know, I'm also glad, you know, Sarah, you brought up your children, right? This is one thing and research has shown that our children, if you're raising children, anger is very important for you to rem remember this about anger. 
We learn anger from watching our parents. They model anger for us. And that includes irritability, frustration, and it's a learned behavior. Anger is a learned behavior. So they're learning being angry from you. And this is not to scare you. This is not to be like, oh my God, freak out. Like, what are you doing? You're damaging your own kids. No, this is not where I'm going. There is absolutely no judgment on that. I get angry. We all do. It's about awareness. It's about bringing that level of awareness around, okay, this is happening. How can I deal with this? What can I do differently? And understanding that behind anger is an unmet need. All right. So uh, and I'm going to cover more about this during the training and also in more in this in this own in the session on its own as well. All right, we're going to go to habit number five, which is shutting down in a conflict. Hi, Tina. Yes. Um, oh, okay. So Tina's saying it's, I dislike that you have taught your kids anger. You know, this is the whole thing I've learned in my years and years of work. Tina, I'm so glad you brought that up. See, when you guys share, right, like it allows me to speak about these things more, more, I I get to speak to you guys more about this. This is what I've learned in my years and years of work. And also as a human being, we are not perfect. We are not perfect. Our partners are not perfect. We will never be perfect. What we can do to change anything is repair work. Repair is the key. If you take nothing away from this training, if you just remember repair, everything can be repaired. Meaning if you take ownership, responsibility for where you've come from and really talk to your kids, no matter how young they are, they get it. They get it. I've lost my, pardon my French, my shit with my kids. It's happened. I usually don't swear, guys, but sometimes it comes out. Um, And when I'm passionate, when I'm talking passionately, so please bear with me. And so I've lost it. I've lost my cool. And I have gone back to them and apologized, taken responsibility and told them why I was feeling the way I I was. And oftentimes it comes from overwhelm or feeling like I've too much on my plate, whatever it is. So I take responsibility and they get it. The kids working with your kids is the heart is the easiest thing to resolve with your partners. It takes more work because, again, they're older. They've taken years and years of conditioning, and it's a lot of work. So, Tina, I'm so glad you shared that. You have not taught them anything. You can go and change that. You can talk to them about it. Talk to them about what you're learning and invite them to also participate in the process of saying, okay, how can I do things differently? How can I, how can I work with you differently when, I, when, I'm, when I'm feeling this or when you are feeling angry? How can we do this differently as a family? So, so just take that in guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all the things you're sharing. This is a very vulnerable topics. All the, the relationship are vulnerable topics. I've had a lot of people PM me talking about their, what they're getting from already from these trainings, because it feels too vulnerable sharing this here and um, sh- sharing this in he- like, you know, sharing their experience in here, which I really, really get. And I want to create a safety in this group. So please know that, Whatever is is in here stays in here. All right. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Tina. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate you. You guys being here is allowing me to serve at my highest level. So thank you. All right. We're going to go to habit number five, which is shutting down in conflict. This is a longer piece of information, but it is vital because it's one of the most destructive pieces in a relationship. When you shut down or your partner shuts down, it's very destructive. And I'm going to share you why. It may not may or may not be obvious to you that 
anger and shutting down kind of go together. But shutting down or stonewalling, as it's called, is one of the most destructive things. I'm going to demonstrate how harmful it is, okay? And any of you who are parents, (laughs) hold your heart because this is going to trigger some of you guys. May or may not trigger. I can make that assumption, but it could trigger. It triggered me when when I learned about this experiment done when I read about this experiment many years ago, even before I was a mother. It's called a still-faced experiment. The still-faced experiment is basically, it was done by a psychologist named Ed Tronick, who demonstrated the effect of stonewalling between mothers and infants. And it's called the still-faced experiment. So in this experiment, for a set amount of time, the mother responds to her child's cues or of attention with nothing. Nothing, nothing, blank face, unreactive face, okay? So how can doing nothing be so triggering? Here's what happens. I'm just gonna, I'm reading it down for you guys. So I'm looking down. The baby protests the loss of emotional connection to his mother in a variety of ways. So the baby is like feeling that emotional loss of connection. He points, he screams, he aggressively moves around in his chair. Remember, it's an infant, right? Infant. And when these attempts fail, this is when I was like, I, 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 even not even now, like I get, I get like emotional about it. The baby withdraws by looking away, and after some time, he starts to cry in panic and despair. Ah, difficult to witness, right? Ah. So when in the end of the experiment, and guys, this was done for one minute. That's it. One freaking minute. This happens. When the researcher says it's done, the mother looks back at the baby, smiles, and then the baby immediately comes, it was able to, is able to emotionally regulate with the mother immediately. Now, when you apply this to your adult relationships, each time your partner turns away from connection, your response is not dissimilar to that of the baby. Or if you are doing it, your partner's response is not dissimilar to that of the baby. So when you look at the relationships from an attachment viewpoint, it feels like a threat to survival, doesn't it? Now, by now, you may, as I'm explaining these things to you, you may or may not realize how much your relationship with your partner is connected with your predominant attachment style, isn't it? You can see it, right? So here's the other piece of amazing information. Research has demonstrated, especially done by John Gottman. He's a pioneer of marriage therapy. He found that 85% of stonewallers are men. Surprise? No, not really because of conditioning. This is what I was talking to you about yesterday. Nurture, nature versus nurture. Nurture, we train our men, train our boys to be to be to not be tolerant of emotions they have a harder time regulating emotions which is why they turn away like the turning away is not like i'm going to ignore you it is more about i can't tolerate i don't know what i'm feeling it's too much i am going to look away that's what they're signaling to you so And oftentimes it's also done not out of maliciousness, but good intent because they want to 
preserve the peace. And they think by shutting down, it preserves the peace. But guess what happens? The opposite happens. It makes their partner escalate more like that baby, the despair, the, 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 the panic becomes more and more and more and more escalated. It doesn't preserve the peace. They don't know any better. And as you can tell, right, I'm literally just touching the surface of a lot of these things. And what I'm not yet talking about is the beliefs that we form as children when our parents stonewall, because our parents probably do that, or they get angry. The beliefs that we form about ourselves, does this resonate for you guys? Like the beliefs we talk about, what, what do you tell, what have you told yourself when you've watched your parent withdraw? My dad used to be that way. God bless him. He's, he's not, um, he's not alive anymore, but he, he used to do that. He used to pull away. Like when he would get upset with one of us, he would just shut down. And it caused a lot of dysregulation because I was a very sensitive child. It caused a lot of dysregulation. Guess what? I picked a partner who did the same. Surprise! <laughs> We've been together 22 years, so we've worked through some of this stuff. But it's not, it's not a surprise, right? We do this. But with my partner, I could work through that. I finally, when I understood like what was happening, I felt like I was not loved, right? When my, when my dad withdrew like that, for me, the signal was I'm not loved. And I see this with my clients too, over and over and over again. So this is what happens. And I'm inviting you all to go deeper and just sit with these things and start to understand where are these beliefs being formed from? How did you form these beliefs? And when you understand those beliefs, we can clear it on an energetic level so it no longer has the root roots in you to continue to, to make you do the things you're doing. And that's why these are two of my core pillars of the work I do with my clients, because when you don't do this kind of work, it comes back. All right, guys, I've gotten very serious, say eh? This is serious stuff. I, I, I feel bad, like, doing this on a Sunday afternoon. But please, like, I, I think this is vital information. When you learn this stuff, when you can practice this, it'll make a huge difference in your relationship. We're down to habit number six. So we're just two more habits to go after that. Um, is this resonating? Please give me some hearts, like, put in the comments. I can't see very many comments. Sometimes Facebook does that, like, I can't tell. But Please tell me like how this is for you. All right. Lack of boundaries is habit number six. As you can tell, like all these things are quite related, right? This is something, boundaries are something I can talk for hours and hours and hours. And I'm going to share with you how boundaries are connected pretty much to everything I've shared before. Yeah. And on yesterday's live as well, when you are over giving in a relationship, when your cup is empty, when your cup is empty, when you find yourself resenting, angry, frustrated, then you have no boundaries or your boundaries are violated. Yes, of course, Sarah, of course, you can watch the replay. This is going to be on. It's going to be in the unit section for anyone who wants to watch the replay again. It's in the unit section. F, of course, I totally get it. Thank you for staying on till now. All right. So boundaries, right? Like what, what, whenever you feel angry, frustrated, your boundaries are either violated or there is no, no boundaries. You have not set any boundaries. So all I want you to consider is how lack of boundaries, meaning overgiving to the point of exhaustion, for, or for the sake of winning love and affection or keeping your relationship, preserving peace, whatever the underlying factors are, all I want you to consider is how this is affecting you and how this can this can actually destroy your relationship because when your cup is empty there's nothing more to give 
how can a relationship survive or thrive with that? So can you see how powerful, powerful these habits are in spiraling your relationship downwards? Like when you when you're not aware, when you do a lot of every all these habits. Every one of us has done it. I have done it. I've seen my clients do it. We all do it. It's more about awareness. When you can bring awareness to this, it will start to shift. All right, my friends, we're down to habit number seven. Making interpretations of your partner's behavior. This is a pretty interesting one, isn't it? You may have not, you may or may not have noticed, first of all, that um, everything is an interpretation Everything's a story we tell ourselves, everything. So just take this, for example, right? I'm saying something, blah, 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 blah. You're interpreting whatever I'm saying, filtering from your own lens. Whatever I'm saying comes from my own interpretation of things I've read, people I've worked with, my own life experiences, all these things. It's nothing but interpretations. I'm interpreting something, giving it to you. You're interpreting something, taking it. And that's what this whole thing is about. And when it comes to relationships, we do the same. So I'll give you another personal example. Sometimes I give personal examples because it's much more easier than talking about my clients. I don't want to violate any privacy. So like, so my husband's the one who does grocery shopping in my house. I hate grocery shopping. <laughs> so he comes back. He generally, generally, not always, but generally comes, he forgets things that I've asked him to get. Some things are some, some important things. My interpretation Oh, he's not paying attention. That's my interpretation. May not may be true. So guess what? Next time I'm unloading groceries and I don't find that, what am I doing? Oh, he's, I bet he's forgotten this. I bet. I bet he has not paid attention, right? That's, that's my lens with which I'm looking at things. But here's the thing. That item could have been out of stock. And he knows I'm so particular about what food items come into our home. Maybe he didn't find the organic version of that. I don't know, or maybe it's still in the car. Maybe there's a bag left in the car that has that item. Thousand other interpretations could be made, but I make this one interpretation because I have boxed him in that one box. Do you see that? Do you see how it can happen that way? And of course, this is a very silly, non-consequential example I'm giving you. It doesn't matter. We can apply this to everything that triggers some things that are happening in your life. It comes from interpretations. You've made an interpretation of what your partner is saying, doing, or being, and then that is triggering you, or your partner is doing the same with you. Sooner or later, you're going to start to realize that every interpretation comes from beliefs, and that's the lens you're looking at from the world. Notice how powerful this is in a relationship, right? It's so darn powerful. And can you also see that when you're interpreting things by in a certain way, it can really easily trigger you when your partner does something along those lines. We're actually down to habit number eight. Ah, so Ashwini's saying yes, <laughs> leading to, okay, overthinking. Absolutely. Good. Very good. Very good. I'm glad you're able to apply this to your own life. Perfect. So if you're, if you're just joining in or if you're watching this live, we're talking about eight habits that are destructive to your relationship. So habit number eight, withholding information because of fear of rejection. Let me repeat that. Withholding information because of fear of rejection. Now, this will tie back into stonewalling the example I gave you about love. 
this is very important to examine because it comes down to just one thing, just one and only one thing that most human beings want, love. You can see, right, how everything comes back down to love, wanting love, giving love. You can see how it's all connected to love, can't you? So it's a primal emotion, being loved, wanting to be loved, feeling connected with another person is a primal, primal emotion. It's a primal, it's also a survival emotion because think about it. If you didn't feel love from your parents, we as infants, as, as babies, as newborns, we're completely 100% dependent on our, on our parents for survival. And if that wasn't the key factor driving us, what, what would happen? We would be like, what, one of those animals that just, you know, give birth and just walk away. What, like the, the turtles? I love turtles, but they literally lay their eggs and they leave. That's it. You fend for yourself. That's not a human being, right? That's not us humans. And um, yeah, I, so let's, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Okay. So everything that most people do is to avoid rejection. Most human beings do that. Or no, most beings do that. From the job interviews to dating, like pretty much everything comes down to like, I don't want to be rejected. So I'm going to do everything in my power, consciously or unconsciously to avoid rejection. And that also is prevalent in your intimate relationships. So when your partner is upset, angry or withdrawn, it basically means that connection is withdrawn, like I said, in that stonewalling example. And so if you're like most people, all you will do is like try to get them in, try to get them to connect with you. So you're trying to avoid the rejection. And then because if you know that, okay, if I say this to my partner or my partner thinks I'm going to get triggered by this, they're more likely to hold back on that information because they don't want to feel rejected or you don't want to feel rejected. That's probably one of the reasons why we do that. But it's a very, it's a pattern that's not helpful to create, to foster connection because you're trying to avoid something. What if you faced it? What if you face that very thing that you're trying to avoid, which is what it would feel like to be rejected or what it would feel like to be, um, to just face this feeling of like, oh my God, like I'm not feeling love right now. I'm not feeling loved right now. And also an easy way to shift that is to start loving yourself. It comes back down to self-worth and self-love. When you can live from that place of I am valued, I'm good enough, I'm good the way I am, everything around you will start to shift. So that covers our eight habits. I know I said it was a longer video today because this is vital. This is one of the key things I wanted to start taking from this training that we're going to do starting tomorrow. I'm going to invite you also to share what habits do you most resonate with out of the eight habits that I said, what habits resonate with you most and what will you work differently? What will you do differently in with that one habit that you've picked? What habits resonate and what will you do differently? And we begin officially tomorrow. Again, you can see, right? Like I provide a ton of value. Bring in your friends, invite your friends to join this. It's it'll, it's going to really start changing, changing your life and changing other people's lives as well. All right, my friends, I will connect with you tomorrow. If you have any questions, please put it under this video and we will officially begin tomorrow. Take care. Bye. 
Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Make sure to tag me in Instagram at Padma Ali to share your takeaways from this episode. And lastly, share with your friends and family so they can also benefit from listening to this podcast. For more tips, go on to our website, PadmaAli.com and connect with me at the next episode. Take care. Bye.